What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Zoom Light, where we are coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of virtual conversation? I'm Caleb Pearson in the Zoom uh, video conference with me. Uh, once again, Alicia Battaglia. Alicia, how are you? I'm well. Good, good you? to see you again. Uh, joining us for the first time ever, yeah. On Sermon Spotlight, uh, Pastor Student Ministries, uh, Dennis McNutt. Dennis, my man. Hello all. I'm excited. Yeah, you excited to be here? I'm sorry we don't have you in the booth, dude. I know. Sermon Zoom Light. I yeah, like the, uh, yeah, I figured we'd, we'd, we'd change the name. I didn't run that past my uh, superior, which would right. be you anyway. But <laughs> Sermon Zoom Light. Yeah, yeah so, I approve. I like it. Yeah, I'm just thankful we can still do this, to be honest. Um so yeah, I want to you know be able to do a little bit of a Corona check-in on you guys. Uh, ask how things are doing before we jump into a little bit of of the components of the podcast. So Dennis, we kind of start out with a Sunday in review, go over the weekend and the sermon, and then right. we kind of pivot into a, a church life response, or okay, kind of a where do we go from here sort of thing. Uh, but before we do that, Alicia, I know you got kiddos in the house. How's it going? Are you are you driven mad? Um, no, not too much. We're um keeping a steady pace. We're doing yeah. school. Um, it's actually kind of nice that we're not running around like chickens with our heads cut off. Um, yeah, we're doing good. Good, good. That's Thank awesome. you for the warmer weather. I was, I was, yesterday was a little cooler and I was just thanking the Lord that this, if a pandemic was going to happen, the spring is a good time because <laughs> yeah. the weather is warming up. It's not winter. We're not totally stuck inside we can get outside yeah sure awesome and then dennis how about you i see you're already outside out and about yeah enjoying the outside a little bit uh like alicia and the other day we had a beautiful spring day outside he came outside and flew a kite it was nice no way that's all yeah. dude i bet you're the only person to fly a kite in the country <laughs> that's awesome well and that's the thing right like we can go outside I, right. I think people fail to maybe realize that, um, but I think it's awesome to, to seize that opportunity. Um, like we've been going to the park and there's like nobody there. <laughs> so we kind of like it. Uh, plenty of room Staying to run six around. feet away from everybody, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, so I, I think my hope is uh, we'll try to do some sermon Zoom lights take it week by week. Um, but I'd still love, as long as there are sermons to, you know, go over, I'd love this, this opportunity. I know our listeners and viewers, um, appreciate it as well. Um, to kind of think back on what they heard on Sunday and kind of reinstill that in their hearts and minds. So Dennis, I want to come your way. I mean, where, where were we this weekend? You were the one, uh, um, preaching and teaching. So uh, two questions, where were we, what did we talk about? And then the other thing is how did it feel to be in an empty room? Yeah, it was an interesting experience. Um, you know, it, it's, I, I found it a little distracting that when every time I would pause that there was complete silence because you're in, an, you know, you're in that empty room and you're preaching. And yeah. uh, so that that was a little disorienting, but uh, I, I settled in some and got used to that. And I think, you know, with God's help, it uh, came out OK. <laughs> yeah, you, you missed all the, uh, mm, uh, you know. You right, that. right. Yeah, I needed you in there, you know, amen or, you know, a little <laughs> hallelujah shouts or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, it was it was a great experience. You know, Mark asked me a while back to 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 do this second half of Romans four. And 
Um, and next week, Don's going to kind of come back on it because there's been such this focus on the faith of Abraham mm-hmm. as, as Paul is uh, developing his point here. So next week, Don's going to go a little deeper into the life of Abraham, uh, mm-hmm. a little more focus on the, on the Old Testament and Abraham himself. So, uh, so that'll be cool to see what he does. But yeah, so my job was to, to pick up and do that second half of Romans 4 where, mm-hmm. uh, where I felt like the, the main point I was hoping to get across is to develop what, what faith actually is, kind of the, the what, why, and how of faith itself. Mm. Uh, sort of demystify it a little bit because we, you know, we can use that word, you know, loosely. And so I kind of just wanted to, I feel like Paul was uh, get, making it a little bit more of a firm thing that we can understand what faith is, that believing a, a message from a messenger and, mm. and believing that, you know, that the, this messenger is, is trustworthy and true and the message he's giving is trustworthy and true. And, and that that in any sense is faith. Um, whether we apply that to a person or in a marriage or in a, uh, any kind of a relationship that, that at its foundation level, that's what faith is. Mm-hmm. And uh, to sort of see what Paul was developing in his example of Abraham uh, and especially what saving faith is and how that's different from any of the other kinds of faith. Mm-hmm. So that was the kind of the main message I was hoping to to get out and across. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That that what, why, and how I think is huge, and what you even just mentioned there. I, I, my, what stood out to me is just that idea of the messenger and the message. You know, um, we have the opportunity to to despiritualize some of this stuff and think, okay, well, what are we having faith in? Um, especially, you know, you and I, Dennis, we work with kids, and I, I think our job oftentimes is to despiritualize and demystify the Bible and some of this language to say how applicable it is for our life. So if we get to understand to put our faith in, in this, you know, it begs the question, what are you going to put your faith in? Um, but I think that's, that's super powerful. Alicia, what, what stood out to you in, in this passage and from this weekend? Well, the thing that really stood out to me the most was how you brought the Genesis 12 faith versus the Genesis 15 faith. Mm-hmm. And I really had never considered that. And um, the Genesis 12 faith was, um, not a saving faith it was an obedient faith he obeyed and there were benefits from that obedience and that was god honoring um but the saving faith in genesis 15 uh that's what was counted righteousness to him because he he believed and something that only God can do, and there's nothing that he could contribute to that. He, he what is said, you know, he was basically counted as a dead man. Uh, he could not bring offspring in and of his strength. His wife was barren. Only God could give these promises and give life. And so I thought you did a good job uh, identifying those two aspects of faith that I had never really considered before. Mm. Yeah, good. That was, you know, one of the things I was hoping to bring out and really didn't have a chance to get into even like Genesis 22 faith where, where Abraham takes Isaac up the mountain. You know, there mm. again, it's, a, I mean, an incredible faith. I mean, it is genuine. It is genuine faith. And that's the faith that James points to in James 2. But the, the, the you know, the faith that 
he had in, in God to do those kind of things, those acts of obedience are, you know, and you look through Hebrews 11, most of those examples of that great hall of faith are that type of faith. Um, but those aren't, you know, the, the difference between that, like what makes saving faith so special and so unique and, uh, and the beauty of the gospel uh, to bring that. So, yeah, that's awesome. Um, one thing we like to, to talk to Mark about or whoever happens to be preaching Dennis is what, what was something, and you almost mentioned there with Genesis 22, but what is something that you didn't get to that you wish you could have, or if you could elaborate on a point or two, what would it, what would it be? Um, so what was, what was the sermon prep process like for you? And I even asked you, I said, Hey, does this whole quarantine thing change what you're going to, what you're going right. to talk about? Yeah, You know, it's, uh, you know, I'm still growing and experience and doing sermons. I mean, I, looking back and I sat with my family and watched the sermon and I, and I noticed I still packed too much in, like I needed to slow down. Like even at the end there, I, I just tried to, I tried to bring too much in. And, and sometimes, you know, you gotta be a little more concise and simpler. So I'm still learning and growing and, yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, there's even more I would have loved to have gotten into. I, I, I really wanted to address um, this, popular teaching that's out there on sort of the I'll call it the name it claim it type of faith uh where where you know if I just have enough faith then I won't get sick um this this person will be healed or my finances will be provided for and um so I would have liked to develop that a little bit where we kind of uh we put promises into God's mouth and then have faith right. in that. Mm. Um, and if my faith in that is strong enough, somehow that pink Cadillac will show up in my gr- driveway or that, you yeah. know, uh, that bag of money will, you know, come in the mail or um, this idea that, and I, and I really think that that's part of what it means of taking the Lord's name in vain. When I put words into God's mouth, um, which yeah. we can also do when we have this idea of uh, this kind of, spiritualized idea of what faith is um so i would have liked to have gone into that a little bit yeah yeah that's interesting i've never really thought about it that way but it's it's super true i mean in in that sense we're effectively putting faith in our own desires or or our willingness to fulfill it you know speaks of almost the prosperity gospel or of the you're sidestepping from the person of god and 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 the truth of jesus christ um and warping it into your own version of God, which is just dangerous. Yeah. So that is, that's something we have to be careful of is, is, you know, kind of having faith in God's actual promises, what, what words he has actually said to us. Mm -hmm. And and so some, you know, some of the, uh, some of that requires just good Bible reading and good study. That's why familiarizing ourselves with what has he actually said and what are his actual promises to us. Um, because that's part of faith. That's as we grow in faith as a believer, we're becoming more and more familiar and more and more able to trust this God that we're walking with and more and more familiar with the things he has actually said and the things we can actually lean on and, and, uh, and, and trust. Um, I think that you, you did a good job in bringing out the fact that it's important for us to Number one, know God better. And how do we know God better is through his word. And um, I've just been thinking that a great place, because 
a lot of times we're stuck and we're like, well, what are his promises? But what about if we start even looking just at his character and who he is, what kind of a great sovereign, mighty good God he is, yeah. and just start looking at his character and let the, just knowing, I mean, that's how we know him and, and his character and his promises are right along with that. But just knowing him is what um, bring, enlivens our faith even more. Yeah, um, yeah that's such an important part. Him. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I think as we, you know, as we walk with God and we learn more about him and we, you know, we fall in love with him even more like that, you know, it's, it's just like in a relationship with somebody else as, you know, as a, as a, I have friends in my life and as, as we go through life together and they, you know, I learned that I can trust them in certain ways and do things because we're in relationship together. It's, um, it's the same with God. We, as we grow in our knowledge of who he is and how much he loves us and the great and mighty things he has done like that is such a crucial part to building our faith um, because we're able to trust this messenger. That's awesome. Alicia, I like what you said just about knowing the, the character of God, because if we, if we don't seek to truly know Christ, but, but we nitpick through the Bible and try to find areas of deliverance or of, you know, what can this God do for me? Um, we're, you're not going to get there. Um, that, that knowledge of Christ is going to bring comfort when the Bible doesn't promise wealth, uh, doesn't promise, you know, you will get this, you will do this. Um, it also speaks to the hardships we will encounter. Um, and so I, I, I like the way, and you know, the whole Bible narrative does this very well, um, much better than any one of us can, can summarize, but it, the positive news and the positive spin is the revelation and security we have in Jesus Christ. It's not much else. He, he is our deliverance from that. And so we get to approach and encounter different things with that in mind. And I think that's where James goes to and when he writes, and that's where the book of Isaiah nails down, you know, not only the prophecy of who this Christ is going to be, but also just the importance of the word of God standing forever. And so I think that's, that's really cool. But hmm. That's another area of the sermon I, you know, would have liked to have been able to go into is that James two faith. Yeah. And what is James saying there and faith apart from works is dead. And right. Uh, of no of no use and value and um, you know I, just to develop that idea is as as believers once we have already been declared righteous that all these these promises of God are of benefit to us and as Alicia was pointing to earlier like that Genesis 12 or the Genesis 22 like Abraham benefited from those things and there was justification for him in the in the eyes of men and the people he was leading and uh, an example of faith to that they, um, and, and so for us to benefit from God's promises require like faith to, uh, that, uh, as we believe God more and we know his promises more and act on those things, there are real benefits. And, uh, and that's what James two is developing is what use is faith apart from works. So what benefit is those? And he's really addressing that type of faith, the faith that goes with these promises because many of the promises of God in Scripture are conditional. God says, you know, if you, you know, you can even go back to the, uh, you know, the God's interactions with Israel and says, well, if you live this way, right. then there are going to be these benefits. If you live the, 
you know, this other way, then these are going to be the consequences. And that's a promise God's given them. Right. And to the, to the degree they believe that they're going to act on those, those promises. Um, and so, so even that obedience is a reflection of their faith. And that's kind of what James is developing there in James too. It's still real. It is real faith. Right. He's not addressing a, uh, he's not addressing saving faith in that chapter. It's, it's the, the faith that benefits the people around you, the, the person that doesn't have clothes, the person that doesn't have food. You know, I can believe that God's going to feed them, but am I, am I being a part of that? Am I acting out on how God has called me in that royal law that James starts the chapter off with to, to love my neighbor and that that is being the light of Christ in this world? And so to the degree I believe that, I will act on that, on that belief. Yeah. yeah and they're not they're not contradictory paul and james are not contradicting each other right. even though it might look like it they're not and um john piper in one of his, his sermons he he said this he said to put it yet another way and this is in regards to the james 2 passage um when paul teaches in romans 4 or 5 that we are justified by faith alone he means that the only thing that unites us to christ for righteousness is dependence on Christ. When James says in James 2.24 that we are not justified by faith alone, he means that the faith which justifies does not remain alone. These two positions are not contradictory. Faith alone un unites us to Christ for righteousness, and the faith that unites us to Christ for righteousness does not remain alone. It bears the fruit of love, and it must do so, or it's dead, demon useless faith and does not justify so they there we have this justifying faith that makes us right before god and with that comes this work of the spirit and um rooted in love so it's just neat how christ is central in the whole thing and um so yeah yeah. yeah, and I, I think that back to the Romans 4 passage, what, you know, the, what we also have to be careful of as, as, uh, as we go through our Christian walk is that that justifying work of Christ because of, uh, for righteousness sake, that we can't accomplish that on our, through anything in and of ourselves, and only God can bring life to me, mm -hmm. um, that that it rests solely on that believing God for that. Not any, not any works that I have done, will do, can do, you know, apart from all of that. And the beauty of that Romans four passage is, is the reason for that. The reason for that is so that it's, it is secure. Like I, I can grow in my confidence that I am utterly and completely secure in Christ. I have full assurance because it rests in God's ability and not mine. Um, and that's a, you know, that's a beautiful thing when it comes to that saving faith and, um, and it's something that can give us great hope and great and, uh, you know, hope against hope, like uh, it said there in Romans 4 for Abraham. Yeah, well, and, yeah. And that, that idea of hopelessness, I think, is tied to us not realize who, who us not realizing who we fully are in Christ. Uh, it reminds me of something Mark Mark Carey told me is there's no such thing as a defeated Christian. There's only ignorant Christians who don't realize who they are in Christ. And so if mm -hmm. we understand what has happened to us and our new nature, our new creation, 
you know, that language of you're, you're born again, here is your life. Like, yes, it, there's a spiritual component to it, but there's a very practical, I'm going to do this thing. Uh, and Christ is going to do it through me. And I just think that's super cool. Which is where Paul's going in Romans five and six, right? He's now yeah. going to, he's now going to drill into this new identity in Christ that we have. Um, and, and how important it is for us to understand and know that and know that the truth of that. Um, yeah. And once again, that's, what what do we have to go on for that well we have we have god's word we have his promise saying this is true about you and so we can grow in our faith of that mm -hmm. um and as alicia's uh, alluded to in romans 5 we also have another testimony another witness is that holy spirit that has poured out the love of god in our hearts and so mm -hmm. there's this there's this additional testimony that builds our confidence in the truth of what God is saying about who we are, um, that we are now children of God. Like that's a done deal. Um, but yeah. we doubt that, you know, we can, we can, <laughs> right. uh, we wrestle with that. You know, there's mornings we wake up, we don't feel like the truth of that. And so we have to, uh, as we grow in our faith, we are growing in our confidence that what God has said about me is true. Um, and maybe and it may contradict with what I see about myself or what I, what I think about myself. And so what am I going to believe? Um, That's good. Alicia, were you going to say something before I cut you off earlier? If I did, I forgot. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're totally fine. Um, yeah, no, Dennis, I think that's, I think that's so good. And it speaks to the importance of sound biblical teaching, because if we're not careful, we are getting messages that you do still need to do some stuff. Uh, to, to be right with in the eyes of God or you know in, in your salvation um, I think it speaks to that idea of the justification versus sanctification versus glorification you know even you in the mentorship program with me like make a bucket for each of these three things and if you can't figure out which bucket that piece of scripture is supposed to go in yeah don't imprint it on your heart quite you got to understand that um, so I think that's that's cool yeah and there's a great irony in there and I think that's part of what uh, Satan's attack on us is, yeah. is that it's only, you know, as Galatians would say, it's, it's the freedom that we have by being utterly set free by the work of Christ. It's there that we can find the faith and we grow in our ability to be obedient to the other promises of God that result in benefits to us. Um, because, if I don't have that freedom and I'm, and I'm doing those things somehow to make myself right before God, I'm back trapped. Um, mm. I'm back to being a slave again. And, and, and that's exactly the freedom Paul is trying to uh, lead us on this path as he's going through Romans is to, to understand just how total and complete the transformation, the, the payment that Christ has made for us, uh, what it has accomplished for us on our behalf. And, uh, and it's in that freedom then that we can uh, act out in obedience in, in faith because it's, it's uh, uh, we've been liberated to love others because I don't have to worry about me anymore. I, uh, I don't have to worry about my righteousness. I can just look out for you now um, yeah. because Christ has my back. It's mm -hmm. uh, good. Uh, That's awesome. So, Dennis, I mean, where, where is the, the church going from here? Is Don going to be, and if you don't know, that's fine, is Don going to be preaching out of Romans 4 again, or is he moving on to 5? No, he's going to be, uh, he's going to be, 
highlighting Romans four, but really focusing on the life of Abraham. Gotcha. I see. Yeah. And then, and then Mark will be back the, the week after that to pick up in Romans five and continue on. Okay. And it, where does Easter fall into, fall into all this? Yeah. You know, with this whole <laughs> quarantine, uh, yeah, there will be definitely a, a, a special things. There are plans in pl uh, that are being put together for what to do now uh, in light of the situation we find ourselves in for Easter. Um, you know, we have a great uh, worship team that that uh, is very creative and is, uh, you know, I know they are, I've already seen some hints of their planning uh, something special to do as a church for Easter. Yeah. Um, so I, I you know, I don't know what that looks like yet, but uh, right. I know they're working, they're working hard on it. So. Well, and that's, that's one thing I wanted to speak to you, but before we end here, it's just, it's been awesome to see the church's response to, to what is happening. I mean, Alicia, what has it been like for you to see, to see FBC react to, to everything that's happened? Do you feel, uh, you know, a sense of, of, of purpose and connection with, with the FBC community? Um, what, what are your thoughts towards, towards everything? So I have just been blown away and so thankful at how the FBC specifically, the people on staff who have just tackled this, mm. and, and because it came upon us quickly. The, there wasn't a whole lot of preparation and it's, then we're you know, not gathering and so to mm have to work so hard and I know you're putting in the extra mile to make this all come together because this is all new territory and um, so the staff and um, just the support that you all have been to just my family just individually um, has been a huge blessing and being able to uh, be able to worship online you know via online um our small group is mm -hmm. meeting online the youth group you, to have the like to watch the youth group and the youth small groups happening it just blesses my heart um and i know that that's just a lot of extra work that you guys have had to put in but i, I am thankful and um i know that i'm not alone in that thankfulness yeah so thank you guys yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and, and I mean, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm on that end too. I'm just like, it is so cool to see um, the way people have rallied behind each other and, and started to, you know, use the, the Facebook page more and use the, these, I mean, De Dennis has mentioned this before too, just even in the sermon, like technology, like here it is and we have these opportunities. So how can we tackle it appropriately? Because we also, less than, you know, two years ago, did a three month focus on how to be careful of technology. Okay. Uh, so that is what what has it been like for you i mean you you got kiddos in the house have they have they felt connected to their peers their small group what's the family dynamic been for you guys yeah it's been uh it's been an interesting time i think you know god is using us to maybe break us out of our normal box and normal routines um and so that's been cool um yeah. with technology specifically I, i've you know we've had uh i've allowed my kids to be use apps to participate in things that before i i was like no you can't have that no you're not gonna be part of that now okay uh let's set this up and let's figure out how to make sure you're safe and monitor it but uh you know so so yeah we've had to think differently about about those things and we've 
definitely uh, have uh, changed our approach to allowing our kids to participate in some things that we hadn't before. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's different for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, it's exciting. Times are crazy, but thank you guys for being willing to do this, by the way. Um, yeah, Zoom-like. Exchange some emails and figure out the, the outline and routine, but hopefully we'll, I'll invite Don on next week and we'll see um, Alicia and I and Mark will come up with a rotation for who's, who's on when, but we'll just kind of keep rolling and take it a week at a time. So thank you guys for, for being here this morning. Yeah, you guys do, uh, Alicia, Caleb, you guys have been doing a great job with this, so I really appreciate them. Oh, it's been so fun. Alicia's been awesome, too. It's, yeah. <laughs> Alicia, do you like it? I don't know how many weeks in you are. Have you enjoyed it? Uh, four? I yeah, think it's uh, my fourth. It's hard to tell. I know it feels I like I don't know. Something but, like that. Yeah. But, no, it's, it's super awesome. Uh, the fact of the matter, everybody watching and listening, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless. Thank you.